Overall from the field, but he was also 50% from threes. He's five to ten. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want Houston to be ranked in the number one in the AP. We want Houston to be ranked number one in the AP. And we <laughs> are live off the heels of that sweet intro for another episode of Let's Rage Coos presented by the Saxinian family. I said, Chris, we had something new for today's episode. And we had to shake it up a little bit because on the court, this game was over by halftime. The Houston Cougars absolutely dominated the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. And believe it or not, it was a game that the Golden Hurricane actually led around the 13-minute mark, 10-9. and 9. And from that point on, Houston went on a absurd i'm confusing the numbers i'm pretty sure it's a 37 8 run yeah it was a 37 8 run that houston uh went on to end the first half and by all intents and purposes the game was over at that stretch you know tulsa started the game shooting four or five from the field hold up they ended the half excuse me excuse me excuse me excuse me oh oh. no 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 i want to give credit to whoever if it was you or whoever did that intro. That was nice, man. Who was that? That was fire. I got to yeah, give man. credit to it. Oh. It was fire. On, I was going to get to it. I appreciate it. It was me. I made it up uh, today. Bravo, it was in my man. head. Great job. Thank you. I appreciate it. It goes inside Countdown leading into the intro. That way we're not kind of uh, – I always felt it was awkward when I started the stream and I was staring at the Countdown and then had to look back to the camera. So that's going to be our intro heading into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament and into the NCAA tournament. So if you like it, give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the Houston Ron Ball Review YouTube channel. But like I, I digress. Like I was saying, at one point when, Houston, when Tulsa led 10-9, they were shooting four for five – from the field and then from that point forward Houston held them to three of 23 shooting and really Marcus Sasser just caught fire to end that first half he went on a personal 12-0 run he had 19 points at halftime but without getting into more specifics of the game joining me as always Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review day on Dunlap how are you two doing thank you for joining me as always I'm doing great man like I said like Dan said that intro was fire it was it was 10-7 Tulsa and then Marcus Sasser went on that 12-0 run. Halftime, Marcus Sasser 19, Tulsa 18. <laughs> so, yeah, the game was over. It was great. But, Dan, you got it too, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Uh, that intro was fiery. Away from that, Andy, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, we had to we had to change it up. It just adds good. to the Very mix. Good, That's yeah. the fire. And we'll have some news to share at some point about uh, merch, some T-shirts. Yeah, working on that too. So, yeah. Yes, sir. Onward and upward, as we always say. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, really, where to start? The, the Cougs' defense was just the first five minutes a half step off. And Tulsa scored their 10 points. And then Marcus Sasser said, forget this. I'm going to lock it down on defense, set a tone defensively. And then that led to his offense and the team's offense, and they were off and running. <laughs> and it was just for Cougs fans who have been questioning the rebounding. Wasn't a problem tonight. 53-27, Cougs on the boards. They dominated like almost every facet of the game. It's good to see. It's good one of those. What's it called? Uh, a get right game for the Cougs. Yeah. That's what they did tonight. So, good care of business. Yeah, and that's what stood out to me. I think also what made them so effective was their rebounding, especially on the defensive end. Guards coming in, getting the rebounds, and being able to push the break 
which allowed them to not have to play in a half-court set against the play defense. And, and for me, I think that was the key that stuck out. The defense is locked down like it's been all year, but they were able to control the boards, especially defensively, to get out and transition, to, to get the ball movement and just create um, non-scripted plays. And so I think that that's what aided them, and I think they will aid them if they can continue to do that going forward. Yeah, Tremont Mark had seven of his rebounds in the first half, seven of his nine rebounds in the first half. Set the tone. You know, it doesn't have to be Jarris or Juan all the time. The guards can rebound too. So Tremont did that. It was good to see. And Jarris still got his boards as well. So it was good to see. And Coach Sampson kind of nipped this in the bud for anybody saying, oh, Jarris Walker had an off game. Coach Sampson, no, he didn't. He just didn't yeah. score because he didn't have to, really. I mean, that's what it was. He still had six points, eight rebounds. And he had hockey assists. He might have yeah. had a, a direct assist, but he had the assist led to the pass that led to the assist. So a great win for everybody. Great performance by a lot of players. Oh, he absolutely addressed that. It kind of looked like he was angry, but when he when he said that remark about <laughs> Jarvis Walker having a saying that he didn't have an off game, he made the right plays. And again, he went out and said that this team they're not selfish. They don't care how many points they score; they care about helping each other out. And and nobody asked him that. It was just something that Calvin yeah. Sampson went on. In it of himself, but rebounding, and that's the, that's kind of the key of the game because, especially at halftime, they had 11 offensive rebounds. Houston overall, the team missed 20 shots. So going back to what Kelvin Sampson said earlier in the season, that means they were hitting on all cylinders in that aspect. He, he wants for the team to be able to get 50 percent of the misses that his team has. So they checked that box at halftime, and again the really the suffocating defense that they had on Tulsa during the middle of the stretch when it was a Marcus Sasser's personal 12-0 run. There was a stretch there when Sasser was just hounding his, I can't remember who was the person he was guarding. And he stayed step for step with him. There was nowhere. He didn't, he literally didn't give him a single amount of breathing room for him to be able to move and, and really do anything with the ball. He ended up, long story short, that Tulsa player ended up passing it to Keyshawn Emery Simpson, who Tremont Mark was guarding. And then same thing, Tremont Mark was hounding him. They led to a really, really tough shot. Tremont Mark ended up getting the rebound, pushed it ahead, and Marcus Sasser had an easy layup. And that was really kind of the signature for Houston during that impressive run where Tulsa just couldn't match. They didn't have an answer for it. Jamal's defense over these last three or four games has been elite. He's been really, really guarding the elite level, just containing the basketball, his length and his activity, and his relentlessness going after the basketball, going after the rebound. Didn't really make shots at a hot clip tonight, but he still had a good game. I think Coach Simpson said he had three good games coming in. I think he probably had this one as four because the way he's been defending – um, it's really been energetic, and, and it's been really, really impressive. And after the play that Andy described, the next possession down, Emmanuel Sharp just took the ball from a Tulsa guard, started another transition, and I think that ended in a Sasser three-pointer. So as Dion has wanted to see more of and fans as well, want to see more of the Cougs' defense led to the Cougs' offense. So it was good to see the Cougs got easier buckets tonight. They scored in a lot of different ways. Um is is a Tulsa's rebuilding, and they're clearly nowhere in the class of this year's Cougs team. And the Cougs showed it on the court. It may have took them a little bit to get it started, but once they got it started, it was rolling for most most of the game. 
real quickly before we transition, I'd like to remind everybody that they are watching and or listening live wherever you may be listening. If you're watching us live on the Houston Round Ball Review YouTube channel, if you're listening the day, uh, the next day or whenever you may be listening audio only on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get parts, I'm a jammer that this is Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxonian family. Chris Down, maybe the team was just kind of uh, – maybe they felt motivated because – Justin Gorham was sitting front row, so they got a little bit of that board man mentality with them, but that was certainly a strength for them in this game. Now, I do want to talk about Jarvis Walker, who, like Kelvin Sampson said, if you look at it from a scoring perspective, he didn't necessarily have an eye-popping game, even though he did have an eye-popping play, literally one of the early plays in the first half when he, again, that's something where Chris Dayon, we've talked about just that change in mindset. He was aggressive. He knew what he was going to do. He shot fake, went, made a straight beeline towards the rim and threw down a two-handed monster slam that really energized the Fertitta Center, but... I think the biggest thing when it comes to Jarvis Walker, you look at Stashy, and this is something that Kelvin Sampson is going to be looking at. Walker had eight rebounds total. Three of them were offensive rebounds, and that's something that from his freshman, he's kind of pointed out the last few games, and it's something that Walker showed improvement in tonight against Tulsa. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to be petty or anything, but yeah, three offensive rebounds is good to see. He was more aggressive. The ball found him sometimes with his energy. He had the great pump fake on a three-pointer and then the baseline drive for the jam. But rebounding, as Deion says, Andy said, as I've said, it's effort. You go get the ball, and the energy will find you. The ball will find you as well. So the Cougs, almost every Cougs that played got a rebound. I think the only person who didn't was Ryan Elvin. So every so what nine, nine Cougs got at least one rebound tonight. That's effort. That's going after the ball and not waiting for your teammate to go get it. You went and got it yourself. So – 53-27 on the boards. That's Cougar basketball. And Coach Sampson said, and I was kind of curious, surprised he said this about the team defensively. He said that Tulsa just missed a lot of open shots. It wasn't necessarily so much, you know, the Cougs defense. Coach is kind of soft pillings out. Cougs played good defense tonight. They were contested a lot of Tulsa shots, and Tulsa missed because of the Cougs' pressure defense. I kind of feel Coach Sampson on that. They did play good defense, but at the same time, Tulsa missed shots that we've seen other teams make against Houston. And if they make those shots, it's a closer game. So, but that's basketball. I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. But still, man, Houston, going back to Jarius, I, I think he's just making good decisions. I think they were making a conscious effort to run him off the three-point line. He did a good job of not settling for the three and putting it on the floor, whether it's driving, making plays for others, getting hockey assists. So he did a good job of just allowing the game to come to him and doing what the game dictates. He didn't really force anything. He wasn't hunting any shots. He looks to be playing in a very comfortable and a very good rhythm right now. To add to the point, I think early on, again, starting to where Tulsa had, they started four for five, and they really had a lot of open looks. They had a couple of corner threes where they were open, and then they got a couple of points in the paint. I think Houston did turn up the intensity defensively, but I think it's interesting to note from from that aspect where maybe there is some some areas to improve, but I think overall there's that's not really much margin of error that they had overall as a team. Now, before we kind of transition and we check out what Calvin Sampson had to say, post game following this game, kind of Circling back to Sasser and really when he when he's on, 
he's on. He can flip the switch, and he did it tonight. That was a big reason why Houston kind of buried Tulsa. What did you guys see during that stretch? Like Chris mentioned, he had a personal 12-0 run when Houston trailed 10-7 that really helped put the game away. And a lot of them, it, it kind of started with his defense, but he, he did it. Everything that we know he does, he hit a couple of transition threes a few months, probably over a month ago now. Calvin Sampson said that's kind of Marcus Sasser's favorite shot. He likes to hunt those transition threes, and the team does a good job at being able to find him. But just overall, he looked really, really comfortable, especially in that first half. I thought he was going to set a new career high with the way he was playing down the stretch. He probably could have if it was necessary. I mean, his career high, 31 points. If he'd have took more shots, he could have got that. But it wasn't necessary tonight. You know, this game was over at halftime. Marcus defensively set a tone. And then in his 12-0 run, he scored, I think, layup, runner, three. He mixed it up, you know, all three levels of, the, of the, his offensive game. So it's great to see him, anyone wondering about Marcus in a slump or whatever, whatever. He showed you he can still get buckets when necessary. Yeah, he did show – um, his ability to score on all three levels. And that's what I was stood out to, man. That's what I – I mean, I keep mentioning, but that was that next step of development for him was being able to consistently score when your three-point shot isn't falling. He's done that all year. And starting with getting inside, getting into the paint, getting into his mid-range, but he's really just seeing the floor right. He's being able to, to read – the coverages, read what the defense is doing and making the right play. So I just think overall as a, a point guard, as a guard, he's really taking that next step to being able to – I think he can control the game now as a point guard without having to score as well as um, – because his playmaking has taken another step. So I just think overall transitioning to that next level, he's taken and probably check all the boxes with what the scouts told him. I know he probably feels like he still can get more better. Of course, he can. There's no ceiling on um, development, but he's definitely uh, um, is developing to where he needed to, to uh, coming into this season, I'm sure. And I want to give credit Jack to Cox Jamal Mark you too. as ahead, well Chris. because Jamal picked up two, two fouls and sat down, and yeah. Jamal <laughs> ran offense pretty well, and, and Emmanuel came in, did his job, and Marcus did. So they didn't miss a beat with Jamal on the, on the bench with those two fouls. Jamal's first half was like 9.7 rebounds in like 17 minutes. So that's a game sometimes for Jamal. He did it in the first half. So he really had – he's at the untouched on it. I think this would be his fourth very good game for the Cougs. So I think his quad is injuries lessening. He's playing much more aggressive and more decisive offensively and defensively. So it's just another positive for the team going forward. What I was going to say, Jack Cox, who's a viewer on YouTube watching live on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. You want to be a part of the conversation, you have to check us out live on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. But Jack says, Jarris has been a rebounding machine last couple of games since coach called him out in in that little bit dark during the previous games in regards when it comes to his rebounding. Chris, like you mentioned, the, the intro. Who are you talking about in that intro and then from that clip that we pulled? Mr. Walker. Jarris Walker. And about the yeah, the, com the comment about Jarrett's rebound is because he's on the perimeter. And as, as if Jarrett has to stand on the perimeter. <laughs> Jarrett can go get the ball, too, when, when a shot is missed. 
he's on that lately. So that's what I'll talk about. Jersey rebound. <laughs> we'll leave it on that note. We'll take a break real quickly. Once again, a reminder to everybody that's watching live and or listening audio only uh, whenever you may be listening that you are watching and or listening to Let's Rich Cooks presented by the Saxinian family. Of course, we also want to say thank you to our other partners for today's episode of Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxinian family, beginning with Star Pizza. They are they have been Houston's best pizza since 1976 with various locations across the Houston area. Be sure to visit them at starpizza.net where not only you can check out their menu but you can order online so you can just stop by with any one of the locations and pick up on the go and of course h-o-u-n-i-l and we'll send, we'll send it over to javier francis and check out a message that he had to say in regards to h-o-u-n-i-l hi my name is javier francis and i'm partnering with h-o-u-n-i-l we need the fans to go to HOUNAL.com to subscribe to our player credit content. Supporting Cougar basketball helps its players stay among the top teams in the country. Once again, that's HOUNAL.com to subscribe. Thank you, and go Cougs. Once again, that was Houston Cougars big man, Javier Francis. His message is to go subscribe to H-O-U-N-I-L starting at just $20 a month. You can do so at H-O-U-N-I-L.com. And on that note, we'll toss it over to head coach Kelvin Sampson here. What he had to say postgame following Houston's 80-42 to victory over Tulsa. Yeah, Kelvin, on the ball movement, just Jamal's, just what Jamal's been able to do over this recent stretch at his assist-to-turnover ratio is close to like 8-1, to one, something like that. Um, just how he's taking care of the ball and found people. Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, Jamal had to get better at was his singles. You know, uh, beat Tom Brady, not Patrick Mahomes. When Patrick Mahomes can throw 45-yard post routes on the dime, whereas Tom Brady get 45 yards, he just throws a, a two-yard hook or, or straight pass, and the guy runs 45, hits singles. You know, a guy that throws those 45-yard uh, uh, post routes, are, uh, you know, those aren't, uh, those are grand slams. You know, you're not going to live off those. So make the right play. Make the easy play. Hit singles. Um, Tom Brady's um, made a career out of hitting singles. You know? Not interested in what other people think of his arm. He wins. Singles wins games. You know, home runs, you can hit a home run, but you might strike out three times trying to hit another one. Whereas a single, those singles wins a lot, lot more games <coughs> over time. Coach, can you talk about really that stretch there at the end of the first half where I think you guys like outscored them 38 to seven, um, and really you guys were keen in on rebound. You guys had 11 offensive rebounds off the 20 misses in the first half. And you held them to three of 23 shooting. Like, how, how strong of a performance was that to close out the first half? Yeah, well, that's what we've made our living on around here for a long time. And we've, uh, we've defended and um, uh, we've rebounded. There's 362 or 363 uh, Division One schools in America. I think we're, um, according to the night, we're number eight ranked uh, defensive team in the country. Same amount of uh, teams, and I think we were six on offense. So, um, you know, we're a good defensive team. Uh, we're a good rebounding team. Not great. I've had some great rebounding teams, but we're still good. You know, we're, we're still a good rebounding team. Um, but we're working to get better. You know, you never, you know, a season's a lot like uh, 
an elevator, either going up or going down. You, know, you always work to go up. You know, we worked on that today. We're doing it yesterday. We're doing it the day before. You know, we're always working on something we need to get uh, better at. And then you see them come out tonight. You see the uh, fruits of their labors. You see why we work. Because we're, we, we get good at it. And it's not easy to be good. You know, the problem with being 23 and 2 sometimes is, is uh, um, uh, the record is, uh, for us, is irrelevant. What's relevant is uh, how much better can we get this time of year. A few things there that stood out. First, audio issues with University of Houston. I don't know what happened there where it started echoing from outside. But the the first thing when he was talking about Jamal Shannon and his assist, that's something that I remember he said, I believe it was the year they made the Final Four. Kelvin Sam said the same thing about Dejan Jarreau and kind of what he had to learn uh, really when he first got to the program to where he was playing at that level, at that elite level the year they made that Final Four. And it was he, he said the exact same phrase. He had to learn to be Tom Brady instead of Patrick Mahomes and trying to make the, the flashy passes, the hard passes, and just make the simple, like he described in that clip, in regards to Jamal Shedd, the singles, which at – Come the end of the season, the more singles you have, those are going to help you win a lot more games rather than trying to go for a home run every time you're at bat. Yeah, Coach, he said that he wants his point, point guards, he'd like his point guards to keep it simple. And, you know, the home run, the fancy pass is not always the best pass. So that's what Coach is saying. And Jamal has been – Jamal has been very good last few games. His biggest issue last few games is his foul trouble. But his assist numbers have been solid. His assist and the scoring when he needs, when he needs to, but – he keeps it simple, simplifies the game. 12 assists tonight. I think that's one off his career high for, for assists. Very solid floor game for Jamal. Yeah, I, I think it's more than um, tricky passes or flashy passes. I think it's kind of along the line with Chris is saying as far as keeping it simple. And it could be as simple as driving and trying to make a skip pass instead of just moving the basketball, getting into the offense. So I, I think it's more about – staying in the rhythm of the game instead of trying to force a play. It doesn't necessarily have to be making a tricky um, pass, but Jamal has been great at that. That stat that um, he asked my question is what they were talking about on the broadcast, that he has that um, really good assist to, turn assist to turnover ratio. And um, I think Jamal, he, he's really smart with the basketball. He's really looked like a coach on the floor. I see him um, directing players – on different players on where he where, where he wants them to be, where they should be. I'm watching him in different rotations. He's in the right spot at the right time. So outside of being a point guard, I think he's the point guard on the defense as well with their front front line defense, setting the pressure, pressuring the basketball, and just talking and communicating. And you know, and I want to acknowledge the team, the players. This was, I think, their third game in six days. Uh, they played, what, Thursday, Sunday, and today. Two road games and then his home game, and they won all of them. And the last game of the three was their biggest, you know, blowout in terms of margin of victory. So I think the Benson stepped up. Uh, Coach has done a really good job of, of balancing and resting his starters when he can, and seeing the guys like Daniel Sharp uh, do a good job come off the bench, Reggie Cheney. Solid. Javier Francis, you saw the good and the bad of Javier Francis. He had two really good low post finishes and then one or two like, ooh, <laughs> what happened there? You know, big man. But the potential is it. you saw that in him as well. So 
a solid, solid win for the team. And it's good that uh, they don't play again until next Thursday. So they're going to get some time off, some much-needed time to rest, uh, do some you know, rehab, recouping. They're off Thursday, I think, Coach said, and then practice Friday, Saturday, then off Sunday. So the, this break will be really beneficial for them. Yeah, one of the things Coach talked about, they're going to have Thursday off because he's going to be on a recruiting trip on Thursday. But on the point of Jamal Shedd in this game against Tulsa, he had 12 assists against the Golden Hurricane, only two turnovers, which that's a 6-1 to one assist turnover ratio. That's an crazy, absurd, good ratio that you want to have from your point guard. And it's something that, like Dayon said, like you guys have said, just overall throughout the course of the season, in games where, if you look at his points, he only had three total points today. But really, again, in a game they didn't really need him to be a scorer. He did a good job at being able to beat that distributor all around. And just overall, and again, you got to take it with, with a big caveat that it was Tulsa, the opponent that they were facing. But I feel like maybe the Cougars offensive, offensively are at its best when they have someone. In this case, it was Shed that was distributing all around to all the scores. Now, it does make it easier when Marcus Sasser has it going the way he did in that first half. Team had 21 assists on 31 baskets. Uh, you know, Jamal had 12 of the assists. Uh, I'm not sure it, 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 you know, because the last game what was a Temple game. We had three guys with at least five assists. You know, I think Marcus had five, Jamal had five, and Jamal had seven. So as long as they get the assist, as long as the ball doesn't stick, the ball movement is fine. And if this team gets 20 assists a game, most likely they're going to win. Because that means a ball movement, it's a good indication of good ball movement, making shots, obviously. And tonight was taking advantage of an inferior opponent. Kuz did what necessary to win, one by 38, and get some time off, much needed time off. The on the topic of assists tonight, Houston had 21 assists, uh, 21 assists on their 31 made baskets to the point you you pointed out, Chris. Now, Tremont Mark, we we talked about him in the past again when you look at it, he had nine points but I think again going back to kind of the rebound just overall as a team Houston did a good job rebounding they had 53 total reboundings rebounds but focusing on on the other aspect where Houston hasn't necessarily been as strong in has been defensive rebounding and going back to the Calvin Sampson clip he said they're a good rebounding team they're not a great rebounding team like he's had with a few teams in the past and a, a big reason for that at times has been in defensive with defensive rebound they just haven't been able to close out those possessions. I mean, the, the really the biggest one that sticks in your head most recently was Wichita State and the success that the Shockers had at being able to get second-chance points. They did a good job at containing Tulsa. I, don't, I mean, they, they didn't really lead Tulsa get a lot of offensive rebounds in this game. I'm looking at it. They had six total offensive rebounds, which they missed a lot more shots than 12. I'll put it at that. So they did a good job of being able to close out possessions. Not something that they can continue to be more consistent in that aspect. They'd be a really, really good team heading down the stretch. But that's something that Kelvin himself said, maybe not necessarily great at. It's certainly at least what, what they've shown in the past throughout the season. Well, and that's the, and that's the key to jumpstarting that transition offense is securing a defensive rebound. And that's what um, kind of ignited their offense tonight was securing a defensive rebound and, and getting an outlet pass. Sometimes the guards got the rebound was able to push, and that way the defense doesn't get set. That way you can um, move the ball in transition, and the defenses rotate. You can get downhill and penetrate 
or, or like Jamal. So he he's so electric in the open floor, and he, defense knows he has the ability to get downhill. And when he moves so fast, a lot of times you have to react to stop the basketball, and then he just finds the open shooters. But it, it's really bodes well for them when they secure the defensive rebound and they push the break. I want to see Jerish even push the break even more when he gets the defensive rebound because he showed his ability to push that and make the the right pass like he made once I think it was to Terrence tonight. And so as long as they secure that defensive rebound and get it up the floor quickly, I think that will help their offense along with their assists and everything else we're talking about because they don't have to always go against a set defense. And I, I think we can assume that the staff, Coach Smith and the staff, worked on the guards rebounding. You know, in practice, because tonight Marcus had three boards, Jamal had seven, Jamal had nine, Emmanuel had four. So, as Dayon touches on, if the guards can rebound, secure a defensive board, then they don't have to pass; they can just get it and go. You know, if it's Jamal or Marcus, and Marcus did that a few times, he got the rebound and pushed the ball up the floor. So that helps out. You can score quicker that way. That's where you know, relying on scoring a half court. If the guards push it up, get the board and go. So. If the guards can, can continue to defense rebound, that'll be a, a benefit as the season progresses. Real quick, I'd like to remind everybody that's watching live that it is Lethbridge Coops presented by the Saxonian family. However, you may be listening, we like to take the opportunity to first, if you are watching on the Houston Mobile View YouTube channel, to take the time and hit the like button. It really helps us out. Of course, while you're at it, hit subscribe on the Houston Mobile Review YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Of course, I'll take this opportunity to plug in the uh, Pot Slime and Jamma YouTube channel where if you're just joining us and you've missed the clip from Houston Cougars head coach Kelvin Sampson, we're going to have a clip momentarily about or from Emmanuel Sharp and Jawan Roberts and hear from them as well. You can check that out as well as weekly coverage on Pod Slime and Jam of Houston Cougars football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. And of course, if you're listening on the Spotify, Apple Podcast, wherever else you may be listening to, leave us a five-star rating, whatever rating you feel we deserve on those platforms because those helps us out as well when it comes to being able to get our name out there. So of course, any little bit helps and supports us. And also be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Let's Rage Coops. And, of course, we wouldn't be able to do this show without our partners, without our sponsors that really help big time in being able to do this show, beginning with Star Pizza. They are one of today's sponsors of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Star Pizza is Houston's best pizza since 1976, with multiple locations across the Houston area. Be sure to visit starpizza.net, where not only you can check out the menu at those locations, but you can order online and just get all types of different contact information so you can just stop on the go and pick up if that is what you desire. Of course, we also like to thank H-O-U-N-I-L, and we're going to send it over to J.B. Francis again for one more message from H-O-U-N-I-L. Hi, my name is J.B. Francis, and I'm partnering with H-O-U-N-I-L. We need the fans to go to HOUNAL.com to subscribe to our player credit content. Supporting Cougar basketball helps its players stay among the top teams in the country. Once again, that's HOUNAL.com to subscribe. Thank you, and go Cougs.
Once again, go subscribe at HOUNIL.com. Subscriptions start at just $20 a month for player-led, player-created content. Once again, that's HOUNIL.com. Now, on that note, we'll send it over to Jawan Roberts and Emmanuel Sharp and hear what they had to say following Houston's 80-42 to win over Tulsa. You know, things that you know, you've maybe seen from previous teams that you're sort of seeing that give you optimism, just heading down the stretch. Just uh, playing with a lot more confidence. Um, going into the game, not as nervous more, knowing what they need to do uh, and how to help the team. Uh, like Emmanuel and Terrence, you know, they come in and impact the game on the defensive end because we know they can score. And once you have more people that can defend, you know, slow the game down a lot for us too. You know, get a lot of leak outs, clean rebounds. And just knowing, you know, the freshmen that's coming in impact and winning, you know, just helps us and makes us feel better team. How much has your defense improved since you started here? I would say a lot. I'm just more comfortable on the defensive end. The more you play, the more experience you have, you know where to be. And what spots to be in, so just being out there on the floor more really helped my defense. So it's just, I'm more experienced now, so I'm in my spot. Now. I agree with that. Man, it's improved tremendously on defense. Proud, proud, of, proud of the man. We are from you know November to now mid February. I mean, just just in all parts, just learning how to play with different lineups. Who's out there on the floor? Learning, knowing your teammates, like playing. Play a different way with Mark and Maul, and just you know, it's important for me and Terrence and Jay and, and Reg to come in and give them guys a breather, and just playing well when we're out there gives coach the confidence to to have like confidence in this bench to put us in when you, when the starters need a break. And to add to that too, you know, just knowing your role, you know, just going into the game knowing what you got to focus on and knowing what you got to do to impact the team and help them win. So once again, that was Houston junior forward Jawan Roberts and wretched freshman guard Emmanuel Sharp. This spoke following Houston's victory over Tulsa. Now, when looking at what they said, I think sticking to, to that final soundbite where they were talking about kind of Emmanuel Sharp's growth, but also how crucial it is for the freshmen heading down the stretch into March. And that's something that Calvin Sampson said following their win over Temple, but I think it's interesting when you hear Jawan Roberts there kind of chime in towards the end and, and mention plays and impact winning. Emmanuel Sharp mentioned that being able to give Marcus Sasser, Jamal Shetramon, Mark a breeders in, but being able to execute when they're not in the game, especially again, this is Tulsa, but whenever they're in March and they're playing those close games against different conference opponents and into the NCAA tournament, having that depth with those players being comfortable with their roles is going to be huge. And like Juwan Roberts said, them being able to make plays and impact winning is ultimately could define how far Houston goes in the NCAA tournament. And I, and I thought about this when Juan said that plays, you know, impact winning, I wonder if that's this season's team mantra because it used to be culture, 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 culture. But this year, mm-hmm. plays at impact winning. We've heard Coach Sampson mention that more, plays at impact winning a lot than other in previous seasons. So, but Emmanuel Sharp is getting more comfortable. I think Terrence Arthur would have seen more minutes this evening if he hadn't rolled his ankle and landed on the Tulsa shooter there in the corner. Yeah. But Hopefully that injury won't be serious, won't be like a high ankle sprain, anything like that. And he can use these, this eight days to 
to rest that ankle and, and heal the ankle. And then, because I think he was going to get more minutes and probably get more shots in this game to help him uh, continue to get better as well. But the bench is playing more minutes. I think Coach Sampson is beginning to trust the young guys a little bit more. Playing Tulsa would help. You know, that helped a little bit tonight too. But I think slowly but surely, Coach is trusting the guys, the freshmen more, to give them minutes in ball games. Yeah, Chris, I think um, I think impact and winning is part of the culture. Uh, I think I, I agree that they are putting an extra emphasis on saying those words instead of culture, culture, culture. But I think that's part of the culture and built his identity. And just I say that because just thinking it back to Nate when he got here his freshman year, he was impacted winning by just everything that he did and his role grew, his role grew the next year. So I think that's the blueprint, part of the blueprint of the culture, along with rebounding and all those other things that all boils down tying together. But um, I think Emmanuel said it right. I, I think what he said was more importantly, it's earning the trust of Coach Santos to have us on the floor. Because um, if you notice, when the game's close or it's a late, Coach Sampson goes to a lineup that he trusts the most. And so um, I, I think that's vital for them to continue to gain his trust, that they will impact when being in the right place, like Emmanuel was, um, was mentioning, being at the right place at the right time with the ro ro rotations and knowing who you're playing with and where to be and, and how to execute. And so I think all of those things are tying in. And they're, they're really putting it all together. Coach Sampson is painting a beautiful picture right now. And I think by the time March comes, early April, we're going to love the end result. I like your confidence, man, because, you know, early April, you know what that means. <laughs> you know what that means. That's, foreign, into that's the final four in championship. So I like that, Dan. So, yeah, that sounds good to me, my man. And on the topic, like you mentioned, of Terrence Arsenal, uh, Kelvin did mention, like you said, he, he would have played more minutes down the stretch. We're not exactly sure how severe that ankle injury is going to be, but Kelvin said the next, that basically the week off that they're going to have heading into next Thursday's matchup at SMU hopefully gives them plenty of time to be able to recover, but that's going to be something to keep an eye on. But really, we've kind of touched on every little bit down the bottom. Looking at this game against Tulsa, like you guys mentioned earlier, it's kind of a get-right game. Even um, they're a team that's twenty-three and two. Maybe it's it's kind of interesting when you say a get-right game. It's part of the reason but, the American is viewed the way it is because there's no games like that in the Big Twelve. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. And this is the bot. This was the bottom feeder team in the American or the basement team that came. Tulsa came into this night five and eighteen. Now they fell to one and eleven. One and eleven against other conference opponents. That's their conference record. But you said absolutely right. There's not going to be a night like this in the Big Twelve come next season. But at the end of the day, the Houston Cougars can only take care of what's in front of them. Tulsa was the next team that was in front of them, and they took care of business. They didn't really allow them to hang around at all. They did what they were supposed to do. So now kind of looking ahead, they do have the week off. Much needed break, like we've all mentioned, like King Jaja said. They play SMU, kind of heading into the final stretch here in the regular season. They have three road games left at SMU, at East Carolina, and at Memphis. And then they still have a few more home games before they enter the American Athletic Conference schedule. We know Kelvin's answer. He, he 
regards going back to the freshmen and being able to continue to get them comfortable in terms of depth heading down the stretch. But what would you guys say for this past month? Because there's a month, there's about a month left until the conference postseason tournament. What are kind of the areas that Houston needs to focus on, really, and, and kind of modify heading into that tournament? Defensive rebounding, for sure. I think of the guard rebounding because it. Defensive rebounding, that, that completes your defensive possession. You can play good defense for 25, 20, you know, 26 seconds, but if you don't get the defensive rebound and your opponent continues to get old boards, old boards, and that wears you out and they give them more chance to score. So securing defense rebounding is, is, is important and continuing to utilize the bench in these next few games. And assist, ball movement. Continue to improve, have good ball movement. They do those three things. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I would say exactly what Chris said to add to that. Not only securing a defensive rebound, but when you do that, get out in transition. And also, I want to see them executing the half court because in the tournament, the games are going to slow down. Teams are going to get back and they're going to force you to execute in the half court set. So I want to see them continue just to work on different sets in the half court continue to execute um, in different ways in the half court and be able to do it efficiently and consistently. And I want to no, say this real quick. Excuse me, Andy. Because after a timeout, Coach Sampson drew up a play, well executed. He drew up the play for Reggie Cheney. Reggie got a layup off of a, a great back pick by Emmanuel Sharp. And Reggie you know, curled around that back pick and was open for right at the rim for a layup. That's confidence, but it was a great job by the players executing the play. But Coach Sampson ran up a play for Reggie Cheney. You know, think about that as a big man to get him some points and reward him for Reggie's hustle and everything he does for the team. So that was good to see as well. The coach took a little dig, a dig at uh, Reggie and Emmanuel being a two most aggressive mm-hmm. players on the team. And he said, based on minutes, you know, if I had to guess who fouls out, probably going to be Reggie or Emmanuel because, because they're so aggressive. Just naturally, they're so aggressive. So, but hey, it's all part of who the Cougars are. And it's, it's another step in this team continuing to get better as the season moves along. Yeah, Emmanuel Sharp actually fouled out of this game in 19 minutes. He had five fouls against Tulsa. But what I was going to say, Dayon, what you mentioned about being able to execute in the half court for this Houston Cougars team, you kind of look at the two games that they've lost, and really it kind of stood out against Alabama, but they had the same struggle against Temple here at the Fertitta Center. But that's kind of, I don't know if you can call it their Achilles heel, but they've kind of struggled to being able to execute in those two losses. Now, some of it had to do where, Chris, like you mentioned, from the topic of assist, where maybe at times the ball would get sticky, and Kelvin Sampson kind of addressed it during this postgame availability in regards to not taking selfish shots and I believe he said he got on Tremont Mark in this game because he took uh, a shot that he didn't need to take but that that is a good point Dan and it's something to to keep an eye on because it has been one area where well, they they haven't necessarily executed at its best this season so it's kind of been glaring in their two losses you know and I think the Alabama game well I remember even even in St. Mary's Coach Bennett said after the game, you know, referring to Jamal Shedd as the head of the snake. Mm-hmm. When some teams, because they're going to really do such a key on Marcus Sasser, that Jamal, any of the other Cougs, they don't have to go one-on-one because that's what the opponent wants. They want the mm-hmm. Cougs, you know, not Marcus, to be one-on-one. Continue with the offense, ball movement, 
pass it around, cut, move. And if they do that, they'll be fine with Marcus being the decoy, if that is the case in particular matchups. I think teams, too, want to force Jamal Shedd to beat them. I think they want to key on Marcus, key on Harris, and force Jamal to be aggressive and look to score and force him to beat them that way because when he's playmaking and doing all the things that we that we talk about, it makes Houston such a better team because he's getting others involved and he's creating plays that's kind of unscripted. And so, I mean, I think that's just something else to keep an eye on. I'm sure Coach Sampson is aware of that. And so, um, as they just continue to put it all together, I like where they're headed. Once again, we're coming off the heels of an 80-42 to 42 victory for the Houston Cougars. Marcus Sasser led all scorers in the game. He had 25 points on 10-17, shooting his 5-10 from three. Emmanuel Sharp was the second leading scorer for Houston with 13 points. He shot four of nine, like I mentioned. He also had four rebounds in the game and had five fouls. Now outing, Jermon Mark had nine points. He had nine rebounds. Jawan Roberts had 10 rebounds. Jess Walker also had eight rebounds. Of course, Jamal Shedd had 12 assists and seven rebounds as well. As we start to wrap things up, Chris, I'm tossing it over to you. Any final takeaways from Houston's victory over Tulsa? And looking ahead at SMU and any other comments that might stick out following Houston's victory over the Golden Hurricane? Well, first, you know, looking ahead to SMU, SMU beat Temple tonight by one. 72-71. I caught the very end of the final seconds of that game and had a rest call a foul on Temple's college battle and like two seconds left. I'm not sure it was a foul. But, hey, SVU made the free throw and won the game. And, and the irony of that is the Pac-12 commissioner was in the building watching SMU beat Temple. So wow. take that for what it's worth. But the Cougs tonight, they won differently. You know, previous game, Jarris Walker got a lot more shots, more touches. Tonight, Marcus Sasser scored 25 points, was efficient, 25 points in not quite 27 minutes. The Cougs scored 80 points, and they had two guys in double figures. So it was, it was more guys scoring points. So they won a little bit differently tonight, but they crashed the boards. Dominated Tulsa, 53-27 on the glass. So another win for the Cougs to improve. And this team is winning differently depending on who the opponent is. And I think it just bodes well for the rest of, rest of the season. And if we're going to wrap it up that way, I guess you can know, find me on Twitter at the HR Review, HoustonRombarView.com, HoustonRombarView on Instagram and TikTok, HoustonRombarView on YouTube, of course, as we're watching here. Let's Rage Cougs. And Dan, you got it, man. Yeah. Um, just like Chris said, uh, Houston can beat you in a plethora of ways. And just according to the team that they're playing, they do what's needed to win that game. I think that's the mark of a good team to be able to win in different ways. And But, of course, you can find me on all social media platforms at Dayon Dunlap. Uh, appreciate all the support. Got new stuff constantly coming. It's a new intro, new merch coming. So keep um, being locked in with us, man. We appreciate the support. Chris, you you gave me an idea for one more topic I want to throw around. It, it's your segment, but I do like to remind everybody that they are watching and listening to Let's Race Cooks presented by the Texanian family. Once again, if you haven't done so already, take the time to hit like on this video. It really helps us out. And, of course, while you're at it, subscribe to the Houston Ron Ball Review YouTube channel. 
And while you're at it, put on your search bar Pod Slamma Jam, like you see it on the screen on YouTube, and go subscribe to our channel as well because it does help us out. If you are in the Instagram and TikTok business, be sure to follow us as well. Let's Rage Cougs, all lowercase, no extra symbols, just Let's Rage Cougs on those platforms. On those platforms, and of course. Pod Slamma Jamma on Twitter, and you can find my personal Twitter at Aonis underscore five. We're also going to take a bit of a break. The next Lex Rage Cougs won't be until next Thursday, so it's going to be a while. But what I was going to say, now that SMU beat Temple, is Memphis really the only team that has a chance at making an NCAA tournament from stopping the American at being a one-bid league? Or, of course, if, if another team catches fire in the barring Another team catching fire in the in the postseason tournament and stealing Houston's bid. That is Memphis really the only team left out there, left standing in the American that could win an outright bid in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, you know, based on everything the bracketology guys are saying, guys and I guess women too. Um, Memphis is like what first four in or, or last four in something. They're like on the border, so. Mm-hmm. Looks like it's just a two-bit lead for the American. At the best. Cougs, at, at best, that's it. At best, the Temple, you know, their non-conference losses have, have hurt them. And, of course, losing at SMU tonight will not help them at all. So Memphis is, is the other team that has a chance to get to the tournament from this conference. But next year will not be an issue for the Cougs. <laughs> so Big 12 is way more than a two-bit league. So just keep that in mind few more weeks of this in the American and it'll be Houston in the big 12. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to keep my eye on that because it's funny. They give Memphis credit for their non-conference wins, but they don't give teams like Tulane credit for beating Memphis twice who beat other teams head to head like Texas A&M and Auburn. So I don't understand it, but who, who knows, man, as long as Houston gets in, who cares? That's 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 why you know because <laughs> that's a great I, point. I, I'm really t- I'm I'm tired of trying to figure out the dislike of the the American Conference from the national perspective. So I just you know whatever. A few more weeks of this and we're done. Just focus on the Big Twelve going forward. So yeah, just one more one one more month left in the American Athletic Conference when it comes to basketball. Now, for what it's worth, Memphis is currently ranked 46 in the net ranking. So. Theory, they they should be one of those NCAA tournament teams. There's still there's still a lot left to be decided from between now and a month from now when it's selection Sunday. I believe it'll be four weeks from this coming Sunday when selection Sunday. March the, the distance 12th. between selection yeah, Sunday. 12th, yeah. So mm-hmm. we're getting closer. We're slowly inching away. But that's gonna do it for today's episode of Let's Reach Cougs. Once again, so final once again the final score from inside the Fertitta Center where both Chris and I are at. If you couldn't tell from the background, we're inside the Fertitta Center. Final score, Houston victorious, 80-42. to 42. Marcus Sasser led Houston with 25 points on 10-17 to 17 shooting. Our next Let's Rich Cougs postgame show presented by the Saxonian family will be Thursday following Houston's game against SMU. For Chris Gardner, Dayon Dunlap, I thank you guys for being able to be a part of this show and taking the time out of your nights to be able to watch us for hashtag Let's Rich Cougs after dark or if you're listening audio only whenever just to still be able to take time out of your day to listen to us. And as always, Dayon, you will get the final word. Let's go, Cougs.